Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda Davis. I'm Linda Davis. Before we dive into God's Word today, just a little bit about myself. I love Jesus. I love coffee. And I love sharing keys to abundant living with others. So if you haven't already, grab a cup of coffee and join me today as I talk about snakes around every corner. And when you first hear that, that sounds terrible. That sounds like a bad thing. And I had a vision, basically, and the Lord showed me in this vision. I went to go in my bathroom, and there was a snake in the bathroom. And I went, and I shut the door, and I put a pillow at the bottom so the snake couldn't get through, which, of course, they could because they they would be able to just slither out beside that pillow. And so, of course, I'm out of there, and I leave the room. And every room I go into in my house, there's a snake somewhere in that room. And in this vision, I go running out the door. And so right away, I know the Lord's showing me something. And actually, and I don't know how to explain how I just know this sometimes, but I knew it was for the whole body, the body of Christ. And so right away, I I associated snakes with a bad thing. And this is terrible. And what are you saying, Lord? Are we not aware? Are we not alert? You know, and I'm just starting to think in my own mind. And the Lord actually began to show me and speak to me that this was a good thing. Now, personally, I don't want a snake a mile away from me. So I'm thinking, how can this be a good thing? But the Lord just spoke to me about it. And he basically said that the snakes to the body of Christ represent a rebirthing. See, we've been born again. We've been, because we're the body of Christ, and that's what this is talking to. So we've already been born again. But the Lord is bringing to us to a place of rebirthing us, maybe just restoking the fires, realigning us, bringing us to basically what a snake does when they shed their skin is what the Lord showed me. He's peeling off the old and nothing will look like it did before. It's basically a rebirth in every single area. He's rebirthing us. And the whole thing about every single area is that every room I went to in the house had a snake in it. And I'll even say this, they weren't aggressive to me. I got into fear. I was afraid. They were actually weren't coming for me or anything. And uh, that, that kind of speaks to the whole thing because a rebirthing uh, requires change, right? When, when God's bringing us, we're already walking with the Lord and he's bringing us through a rebirthing process, change is going to take place. There's a song, right? Change is coming. And we tend to run from that. That tends to cause fear in our lives. We like comfort. We like things that we're familiar with. And I've said this often, even if that familiar thing isn't a good thing, for some reason it's comfortable because we're familiar with it. And so there's areas God's trying to rebirth in us. We were in a place, we were headed down a road. He was bringing us forth to a particular destiny and something came in and we just got stagnant. And so he's trying to rebirth us in every single area of our lives, going into every room, right? Started out in the bathroom actually, which is interesting because that's a place of purging and I went through the bedroom. That's a place of intimacy. 
And then through the dining room, living room area, which is a place of fellowship, a place of friendship, and then out the side door. And so we have to understand, you know, we all get excited about change. We all get excited about a rebirth. But the truth of the matter is we have to yield to it. We have to be willing to allow the rebirthing to come forth in our lives for his kingdom purposes. Some of the changes that God is doing will will require change from you. This is not a change that is going to send you into a place of confusion. This is a change that is going to establish you. Just let God do what he's trying to do. And then he will bring forth through the change he's trying to process you through into exactly where he needs you to be in this moment in time. I was talking with someone and she said about a month or two ago, the Lord told her, everything is about to change and nothing will look the same. Now that can be that God had told her that. Now that can be different things for different people. But God, I believe, is in in an accelerated season, an accelerated work. And even for those people that they know God showed them some stuff and it just hasn't taken place yet. A lot of other things have taken place. They thought some of the things God showed them would have already taken place. But God's, and whether it's been man's obstacles, whether it's been uh, other men's obstacles, it still was ordained by God because, right, we all know from Revelation 3 that, that no, man can, no man can close a door that God opens. So if we were stopped in some capacity, God allowed it because we weren't ready for it. And so now he's bringing forth that final change in every area. So we are fully equipped and fully prepared to go forth in what he designed each of us individually to do together as a kingdom unit to bring forth his kingdom purposes. I would encourage you to step back, to take this word and to ask the Lord to show you where maybe you need specific change in your life. That's something you, a portion you need to do something you need to change for him to bring the fullness of the change he's trying to bring forth. Remember, I said a few moments ago that some of the changes God is doing will require change from us. It will require that. And so we have to step back and ask, is there something I've been unwilling to change that you've been stirring? Maybe it's a behavior. Maybe, maybe it's your perspective. Maybe it's revelation. Maybe the Lord's trying to change your revelation and understanding, your knowledge in an area because our revelation, our knowledge, and our understanding dictates our behavior. It dictates our heart relationship. And a great example of that actually is uh, Paul, before he became Paul and he was Saul in Acts chapter 19. It's such a powerful thing that takes place here right? It's the, it's the road to Damascus where Saul is actually converted into Paul and he's acting on his current revelation, his current knowledge and his current understanding. And so uh, in Acts chapter nine, and I'm just going to kind of glaze through it. I'm not going to read it verse by verse. If you want to go read it, 
um, after you listen to the podcast, I would encourage you to do that, but just for sake of time, right? Paul, it says basically Paul still, he's still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord, but he thinks he's doing the right thing. That's, that's the key here. He actually loves God, even though he's going after his people. And he thinks based on his perspective that he's doing the right thing. So he goes to the high priest and he asks the letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus. And so he's getting ready to go to Damascus. And so he begins his journey. And I love that. And it's, oh, this is the thing too. You may have been waiting a long, long time. You know, like I said earlier, you know, some things you thought they'd happen long before now. And you know, it's true. You know, it's real what God showed you. You know, often it always seems to take longer than we expect it to take. But then when God is up and moving on it, man, it's quick. It's a suddenly, it's all of a sudden, it's a flash. And it's like, wow, did that just happen? Even though we've been waiting and waiting and waiting on it. I say this all the time. You know, when God says now, then it's a suddenly, right? We pray for suddenlies, we pray for now and all that stuff. And then sometimes you even get prophetic words that tell you suddenly and now, and and you're like, if I hear suddenly and now one more time, I'm going to be even more frustrated than I am right now. But we have to come from kingdom vision. We have to always ask the Lord, help me to see as you see. Remember, Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. So we always have to come from that place of God's heart, God's vision. Show me what you see, Lord. Show me the truth of this situation. It looks like a setback, but maybe it's actually propelling you forward. Maybe it is a change that you weren't expecting and you're not even happy with. But boy, God's going to use it to propel you to a whole different place in him putting you in that place of things that he's shown you that you've been waiting on. And we resist the change. We get afraid of the change, like in that vision with the snakes, when it's actually a whole, it's a whole rebirthing coming forth. The the snakes were getting, they weren't aggressive. They were getting ready to shed their skin. They were getting ready to have a whole different thing take place. And going back to Paul in Damascus, This is what made me think of this was the whole um, skin shedding of the snakes is that, so we know that Paul, so he comes in, suddenly a light shows up, right? Suddenly, because now's the time. Paul, he was being educated as Saul in the highest of high of religious education. But now was the time for him to have God's revelation on that education. And so it says, as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly, because now is time, a light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, and imagine how, I just can't even imagine as a servant of the Lord, how shocking this must have been to him. Paul was zealous in his religious beliefs. And now all of a sudden, a voice from heaven is like, uh, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? That's like us thinking we're doing what God has us to do. And then all of a sudden, God's like, what are you What are you even doing? You're so off base right now. And when God says those things to us, will we humble our inner man? Will we humble our spirit, our soul, everything about us and say, oh, I missed it, Lord. 
I was off. I thought I was doing the right thing, but we all miss it. There's no way nobody ever misses it. And it's a humbling thing before the Lord to say, I missed it. And so here we are with Paul and he says, who, who are you, Lord? He, he's really confused right now with all that education, all that religious education. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So he's right, right here. It says that in verse six, he is trembling and astonished. There's no doubt in my mind that he's overwhelmed right now and be just beginning to have a slight understanding that maybe he missed something, right? And of course, he's hearing the voice and he's seeing no one. So he, he's pretty sure, you know, this, this is a supernatural power. This, this is something beyond him going on, beyond his education going on. And so Paul, uh, as Saul, responds and says, what do you want me to do? That's what I'm talking about. Can we do that right there? When the Lord is trying to bring us to a new place, when he is trying to rebirth us, when he is trying to renew us, can we say, Lord, what is it you want me to do? No matter what, especially if it's sacrificial, especially if it's changing something we happen to enjoy or something we happen to be in a comfortable place with, will we say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Oh, and then by the way, actually do it. What do you want me to do? Paul asks, as Saul, as Saul, and the Lord answers him. And if we ask, the Lord will answer us. And the Lord said to him, arise and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. And the men who had actually journeyed with him stood speechless because they heard this voice, but they saw no one either. And now all of a sudden, Paul's eyes open, but he can't see. He sees no one there. And they led him by the hand and they brought him into Damascus. Okay, and so now he ends up connecting with Ananias and Ananias baptizes him. And already I, the Lord prepared Ananias. He had no fear. He welcomed him in because everybody else is fearful of Paul. And they're like, are you crazy? Like, what are we going to, this is the one that's coming to kill us. The Lord says to Ananias, arise and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas. For one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he's seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him. And Ananias is like, what? I've heard from many people about the, like his reputation preceded him, but God prepared him and God will prepare us for any change he's bringing, that he's going to use us as an instrument in the process of that change. And so God's like, just go. He's my chosen vessel. And that's another whole dynamic there. The people that we think God's going to use in our life as a chosen vessel or bring across our path as chosen vessels aren't typically the people we would pick out. So when you recognize that God's bringing somebody into your life for you or into your life for them, you have to yield to that. You have to understand that that's chosen in that moment. It's God ordained. He's telling Ananias to go show Paul, who's barely brand new in all of this, still has scales on his eyes, can't see all that stuff. Show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Like just the whole rapid mind process of all that. Right. And so Ananias goes and he goes to see Saul 
And he basically tells them, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road, and I'm down about verse 17, 18, has come and has sent me that you may receive sight, don't miss this, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And that is the rebirthing that the Lord is trying to give to us in this season, that we would receive sight, a renewed vision, renewed revelation, renewed understanding, renewed knowledge, and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Even if we've already had the whole, a fresh anointing. And I think I talked about that actually a little last week about the oil, but a fresh anointing in the Holy Spirit. That's what Ananias went to tell Paul. When change is coming and the Lord's trying to shift us and he's bringing a rebirthing into our lives, we are going to need to have our sight, receive our sight from him and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And the thing with Saul and Ananias is the moment Saul spoke those words, there fell from, Saul, from Saul's eyes something like scales. And I was, as I was reflecting on this snake thing earlier today, that first thing that came into my mind was the scales coming off of Saul's eyes in his process of becoming Paul, in his process of becoming who God originally intended him to be. The scales fell off. A rebirthing took place. A renewing took place. And the awesome thing about Paul is it goes on to say, immediately started preaching Christ in the synagogues and all were amazed. They were like, is not this not the one who was like basic, and I'm paraphrasing, destroying us? What did, didn't he come here for that purpose? And just Saul increased over time in strength and in revelation. And he continued to confound the Jews in Damascus, proving that Jesus Christ in the transformation was real. And of course, we know how much Paul went on to do in the Lord, but we cannot forget the key component in his transformation, in his suddenly change from doing what he thought was the right thing to do. He was trembling he was astonished and he asked the question, Lord, what do you want me to do? So that's my challenge to you today because we most definitely are in a season of rebirthing. We most definitely are in a time where the Lord is desiring to peel off the old so much so that nothing will look like it did before. A rebirthing in every single area of our lives. And so the key component to this is you asking the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to do? What would you have me to do? And wait upon his answer and receive new vision from him and a refilling of the Holy Spirit and go forth in the purpose that he has for you right now in this season. As you say this to the Lord, as you humble yourself, which is actually Acts chapter nine, verse six, as you ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? Get ready for him to place you in your new position, your new assignment 
for this season and be willing and yielded to any change that he's desiring to bring in you and then through you. You know, I'm always talking about that. He's going to do it in us and then he's going to do it through us. This is exciting stuff. I say, Lord, come, yes, change, do whatever change you have to do in me. Lord, I ask you, what do you want to do? Revive me, renew me, refresh me, propel me. Do whatever it is you're going to do so that I'm going to be in the assignment that you have for me in this season. Yes, Lord, I yield. Yes, Lord, I submit. Yes, Lord, I obey. Because when you ask him, Lord, what do you want me to do? He's going to respond and then you have to be willing to do it. And I promise you this, when you're willing to obey the Lord, not everybody's going to like it, but we have to answer to the Lord. Just like if you go back a few chapters in in the book of Acts, back to Acts chapter five, right? Uh, Peter and the other apostles, they choose to obey God versus even the law of the land, which people get a little riled up about that, but that's the truth. And so they basically went against the orders of the council that had sent them out. And so they basically, in Acts chapter five, they come to them and the high priest asks them, did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles said, We ought to obey God rather than men. So when you ask God, what do you want me to do? And you respond in obedience to what he speaks to you. There will be resistance in some form. And you have to already be planted, already be firm in your decision, just like Peter and the apostles were, that you will obey God rather than man. 